and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and of course, joined by Ski. Yo. And Brent. Ho, ho, ho. No, <laughs> and, wait, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, we're past that now. It's a uh, happy new year. Um, exactly. Yeah. Three days from inauguration yeah. or something like that. Just, one day from inauguration? No, the inauguration is on the 20th of January. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was like the 4th or some shit. No, no. So we're still like three weeks. Oh, yeah, because we're like 28th now. Yeah. Well, so, they are. <laughs> so we're three days from the new year, though. Gotcha. So, you know, hopefully everybody uh, so brings still it in, in safely. and still in the heart of Kwanzaa, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Cool. Um, I, I have no idea uh, when the start and stop of uh, Hanukkah is, mm-hmm. but it's possible that we may be involved in that as well. Yeah, Festivus may still be going on, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, for the rest of us, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be uh, going over uh, Season 2, Episode 21, Dorothy's Prized Pupil. Uh, and we will be doing our uh, traditional, our most typical format of Ski with the recap. Mm-hmm. With, of course, then our uh, MVP's favorite lines and uh, rating out of 8 slices of cheesecake. I'm ready. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you to start Did that recap. You promised us viewer mail. Oh, that's oh. right. Fun. Okay, we can just let it leave a little silence going here. I'll <laughs> cut this out in a moment. You do you want me to maybe sing something for us? As long as it's public, <laughs> as long as it's public domain, which most Christmas songs are. <laughs> like if you know any about like Good King Wenceslas or maybe Otanen Bomb. I don't know how that one goes. Actually, I, I know parts of it. But. Yeah, just sing the parts you know. <laughs> well, I think though you, that you for... do the parts you know. I'll beatbox in the, <laughs> the silence. <laughs> I, I think, though, that if Ski was going to be singing a song right now, he'd need to be singing Auld Lang Syne. Oh, yeah. You know, because we're you know, getting ready to yeah. ring in the new year. That's when I, I wanted to play on the ukulele. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Um, Do you play any other instruments? No, no, I can't even play the ukulele. Um, I was horrible at it. Like, it was one, like, I thought I could play that song, but nobody else could understand what I was playing. But in <laughs> my mind, it sounded good. I never learned an instrument either, but I'd love to. I still think I'd like to play. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, banjo would be good. Yeah. See, I thought about that, and then I thought about banjo ukulele because <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be even better. But, like, I tried and failed. Like, I took piano lessons as a lad, and I did not do well at all. Um, and then as, as a grown-up, I was like, oh, I'll try ukulele, and it didn't go well either. But um, I had to play that. That I mentioned in the last episode, I had to do that training class thing, and one of the things we had to do was two truths and a lie. Uh-huh. And so when it came to me, um, the three things that I said were, um, I met my wife at work, I, what did I say? Something, but then the third thing was, um, and I can play four instruments. Oh, I told him, it's like, uh, I failed two years of French in high school, I met my wife at work, I can play four instruments. And nobody could agree on what the lie was. And the oh, yeah. lie was obviously playing four instruments. <laughs> and I was like, I but can you pl- got them. I was like, I can play no instruments. <laughs> and they were all like, you seem like you would. And I was like, I seem like I would, but I can play no instruments. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you still looking? Because I got one more anecdote. Well, I, I'm good, but but by all means, you can give your second anecdote. Um, anecdote. My favorite two truths and a lie story. And I may have told this one previously at least to alan um there was a highly religious woman in a training class and the trainer asked him to play two truths and a lie and when it got to her she stated her name her job title and that she would not bear false witness and i still to this day don't know if the third thing was a lie or if she just wasn't playing at all right <laughs> 
So did, did they answer um, the question or did they just move on? Trainer like looked at me like what she was supposed to do. And I was like, you got yourself into this mess. <laughs> it's a reason I don't play this game. <laughs> and so she moved on. Kind of bland truth if the first two are the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So maybe maybe Lynn's uh, a little more. It's supposed to be a get to know you kind of thing. Uh-huh. That maybe does tell you more about her, doesn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I remember at the time. Um, I like white paper, vanilla ice cream, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, um, I forget what my three things were, but one of the truths was because um, I was thirty, twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, maybe 30. Um, but one of the truths that I said was, you know, I am 29 years old and I've never purchased a bottle of ketchup in my life. Um, and I hadn't. And But people thought that that was a lie. Yeah, I would definitely think that was a lie. It's an odd thing to have never. But I guess you don't like ketchup in general, though, <laughs> I right? Don't so, at all. yeah. Um, and then um, a few years later, just shortly thereafter that, um, you know, I was spending social time with a woman. And she threw a bottle of ketchup into my shopping cart, unbeknownst to me. Uh-huh. And I inadvertently purchased a bottle. And I should have uh, ruined known, it for you. I know. I should have known right then and there that that woman was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so is that is that one that you married and had a child with? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just gonna take the high road here. <laughs> Just because, you know, number one, I'm a gentleman, and number two, bitches be litigious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so be certain ones, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so, so yes, we did have, uh, going back to what you had alluded to, we did have uh, some comments to okay. discuss. Thanks. I'm from Numi. She, she mentioned that in a comment on one of our recent episodes that you missed an excellent opportunity to look up the Stockholm syndrome uh-huh. uh, and why the whys and wins for an extra ransom Swedish. Oh, sorry for an extra random Swedish facts um, that there's a lot of things connected to the Stockholm syndrome, like Sweden's first celebrity gangster Clark uh, Olofsson. Really? And, yeah. And I said that uh, I definitely scold you for that omission um, <laughs> and that uh, I'd encourage you to research Clark for, you know, one of our upcoming episodes. Uh-huh. I so. can just imagine like a like a Swedish scar face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just say hello to my little fjord. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, like I said, I, I said that I would, you know, that I'd give you a, a hard time for that. And she said to to go easy on you. Um an old Swedish criminal gangster encourage you to look up the event that led to the Stockholm Syndrome. And I guess in Sweden, they call it the, oh man, this is going to be tough, um, the Normalmastorgsdramt. <laughs> Which is Swedish for next door syndrome. Right. <laughs> so apparently in, uh, in Sweden, or I guess in English, that would be the which just doesn't really help that much, but Normalma Storg robbery. Oh. Um, and apparently that uh, Normalm is part of Stockholm City. So, and okay. Tor equals square. So, nice. there you go. There's the etymology of that word. Nice. Um, so, there you go. That's a. Uh, oh, and then the drama is self explanatory. <laughs> so, nice. Uh, nice. Well, hopefully, Numi and her family are staying safe. Um, apparently, Sweden's having it rough right now. Herd immunity did not work out as well as they thought. So well, yeah. I apologize, not. and hopefully, Numi and hers are doing well. So yeah, we're just all, of course, at this point, hoping for uh, that vaccine to get 
get to us sooner than later because I mm-hmm. think that's about the only realistic chance we have of getting through this anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And even then, I mean, we're talking. By the talking, time they're listening to this, it could actually be out in at least doses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have indicated that by the end of the year, mm-hmm. there would be, I think, I don't know if this is optimistic or just realistic, but something like 25 million doses. Obviously, that's a drop in the bucket, though, yeah, yeah. Uh, compared to the 350 million people here. And then, of course, yeah. the billions worldwide. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, given the percentage of people who say that they refuse to take the vaccine, they should just throw it in the water like fluoride. <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I don't know. I think they should throw some of those people in the water like fluoride <laughs> with rocks in their pockets. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> anyways, if you're an anti-vaxxer, I don't know. I don't have any any positive spin to put on that. So, But uh, but yeah, with that, I, I think that was the only new communication we got other than oh, that yeah, she was uh, excited about a recent episode to drop. Oh, um, nice. She's four time zones away from us, so okay. it's a little bit later in the day for her. 10 a.m. Eastern time is when they come out but i guess for her it'd probably be you know somewhere around midnight on tuesday or something well i don't think it'd be four time zones away assumably it would only be like two but i feel like it'd be even further out than that going all the way across the atlantic yeah um at the very least i mean it's still on monday right yeah still on monday it would just be probably in the late afternoon uh, or possibly okay early evening type time frame because i know paris is like five hours five and a half hours and that would probably roughly you know yeah thereabouts so yeah so yeah okay so yeah definitely still coming out monday even if you're uh you know somewhere else uh, around the world even mm-hmm. if you're on the west coast of of this uh country yeah know. it'd be what 7 a.m 6 yeah. a.m mm-hmm. something yeah still coming out monday though yeah right, exactly so. but uh maybe if you keep going i don't know where where the time zone flips over there may be some people that are able to get it you know sunday late you mean night international dateline yeah exactly asia or something is that where it is i want to i thought it was in the pacific i could be wrong isn't that where asia is well, but I'm saying, like, I think it's in the middle of the ocean, though, not... Okay, there's not, like, a... There's no land wherever it is. Yeah, gotcha. maybe, like, I don't know, midway or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Anyways. So, yeah, but that there, we're all up to date on that. So, now, Ski, now we can turn it over to you <laughs> for uh, Season 2, Episode 21. Yep. All right, as he mentioned earlier, we are on Season 2, Episode 21. Yay. Uh, Dorothy's prize pupil. Original air date was March 14th, 1987. Uh, this one was written by Christopher Lloyd. Uh, as we've established before, mm-hmm. not Doc Brown. Right. Yeah. Uh, and directed by uh, the the awesome okay. Terry Hughes. Can I mention something about Modern Family? Yeah. Yes. So I was at the Barnes and the Noble earlier today, and I was looking at their Funko figures. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have um you know the Modern Family cast and everything, and you know obviously I'm not paying any attention to them because it's just nothing that I care about that yeah, no, much. You're not a fan of that show at all, right? Yeah. I mean, I liked that the first two seasons or whatever, but it went downhill after. Bisbo the clown. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but so, anyways, but but that was the thing. Like, I'm looking at him. It's like oh, I, you know, amongst everything else. Uh, and then I'm looking at the clearance table, and I found Cam and Mitch there for three dollars. And I was like, well, of all the Modern Family characters, you think those two would be full price? Yeah. And you know, Phil or you know Claire or somebody would be three dollars. It seems like those would be like two popular ones, right? So. Now you know his dad on the show is Fred Willard. If there was a Fred Willard. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Pop, would you purchase that? Oh, definitely, that? definitely. Yeah. I thought you were a big fan of his. Yeah. Um, he'd had a cameo on that show, I Think You Should Leave, um, with, I forget the guy's name, but it was probably the funniest four minutes of 2019. So. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> that's big. That's big. Uh, 
explain yeah. right there. That's yeah, it. I've talked about Brent's hyperbole before. <laughs> it knows no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that could be hyperbole in itself. Well, oh, me saying it knows no bounds? That's <laughs> yeah. true, yeah. I, I guess I'm taking a page out of Brent's book. All right, well, we, we open into the living room. We see uh, Sophia uh, is actually walking into the living room uh, from the back hallway. At the same time, Rose is entering through the front door. Uh, Sophia is uh, actually dressed up because, you know, the president apparently is in town, uh, Ronald Reagan at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, her and several of her friends have decided to go to the hotel to uh, try to catch a glimpse of the first lady. Uh, Sophia, however, is uh, confused as to ha- who this lady actually is. Uh, Rose tries to correct her, uh, but uh, they kind of go back and forth a bit. Oh, sorry. I was not close enough to the microphone. They go back and forth a bit, and Sophia misinterprets each part of what Rose is telling her. Ultimately, Sophia lands on another wrong individual, uh, Broderick Crawford, uh, a male actor that ironically died the year before this episode aired. Yeah. I was really hoping they would take it one step further and end up with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that little that little exchange. Yeah, I, I did glaze over. Do you have some details you want to add? Well, just that she starts off saying it's a thinking it's Jane Wyatt mm-hmm. and Rose corrects her that she's thinking of Jane Wyman, but it's not mm-hmm. her. It'd be, and then they go to Nancy Davis, and she said, "No, you're thinking of Betty Davis, mm-hmm. um, who's in whatever." And then it's like, "Oh, you're thinking of Joan Crawford? No, you're thinking of Broderick Crawford." Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that's when she drops the line of this. Eventually, she decides that uh, you know Reagan must be married. Then, according to Rose, to Broderick Crawford, yeah. and um, and then after confirming with uh, Blanche that it's actually Nancy Reagan that he's married to. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, this idiot thinks he's married to Broderick Crawford. Get some help, Rose. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I, don't know, I just I really like that whole little like back and forth between the different <laughs> names. Yeah. I like the fact that Sophia thinks it's before they get it resolved, she thinks it's real it's reasonable that Ronald Reagan be married <laughs> to Broderick Crawford. Right. But she thinks it's unreasonable that he would have lost to Mondale. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well I she almost used it as uh, as as a reason for him not to yeah it was mm-hmm. a very uh mild um mm-hmm. like swipe yeah <laughs> at uh, you know the gay community i guess yeah. that you know how could a, a gay man be elected president mm-hmm. uh, or not exactly that but how could you lose yeah you know Pete but, Buttigieg would be you know take offense yeah well <laughs> um as far as uh slights go it was a pretty mild one yeah so, yeah yeah. yeah she even says he lost to mondale what an idiot <laughs> right yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, just then Blanche comes out from... Real quick. Um, so one more thing. When I was at the Barnes and the Noble earlier, Chasen Buttigieg, you know, has written a book. And like it was out on the new release table. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned before, you know, I donated money to Mayor Pete's presidential campaign. And, uh-huh. you know, he had my vote for as long as he was in the race. Right. And I think the world of him, you know, but I have no interest in reading his husband's book. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine that would be insightful or would teach me anything yeah i I would agree i mean honestly like i don't have any desire to read anybody's book about themselves Mm -hmm. much less 
a spouse's book, you know, uh-huh. to, the spouse to the famous person, whether it's exactly. a politician or an actor or actress, exactly. whoever. It's like, yes, I am the spouse of a fifth place candidate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fantastic uh, title. Exactly. That would have caught my eye. Yeah, now if that was the title, I would have definitely, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> the spouse of a fifth place candidate. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a book coming out, the co-host of a ninth-rate podcast. <laughs> so, I'll but, buy that. Yeah, well, I just talk about you two, um, so what it's like to be a friend <laughs> to the both of you. True confessions of a ninth-rate podcaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got excited today when we got 60 listens in one day. <laughs> People always ask me, you do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... Actually, people never ask me that, <laughs> but I wish they did. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah, so we've gotten past that first little exchange, and then uh, where do we go from there? Oh, then uh, Blanche actually comes back uh, into, or she enters uh, from the bedroom wearing a uh, pretty red dress, mm-hmm. asking mm-hmm. the girls, you know, how do I look? Sophia, again, makes a quip that uh, it doesn't matter because... In a half hour, it'll be uh, laying crumpled up on the ground next to an empty bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, it was a good line by Sophia, and and one my favorite way that Blanche reacts to those mm-hmm. kind of things. You know, I like when she takes them in stride. Yeah, she just kind of laughs at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. So, and I would say it was probably one of her most fetching outfits mm-hmm. that I think she's worn so far in the entire a little series. Off the shoulder yeah. kind of uh, sleeves. I don't know or if it was that off the shoulder. I don't know, whatever. But it just it looked nice, and it you know. Yeah. Uh, relatively speaking, a lot of times, you know. You know what it needed? What's the earrings. that? Earrings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Right. Yeah. She gussied herself up because she was after younger prey this right. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sophia then asked Blanche who the president is married to, and she calmly replies, Nancy Reagan. You know, this finally clicks with Sophia, and she tells Blanche that, uh, you know, Rose thinks, you know, the president's married to Roderick Crawford. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, kind of scolds her All right. so he can get help. Uh, Sophia then exits, and Rose tells Blanche that uh, the dressing outfit, outfit looks very risque, which... I didn't think it looked risque. I, I mean, didn't, yeah, risque, yeah. I guess it has a different connotation for me. Well, I mean, I guess when you typically wear a sweater and long pants <laughs> in the Miami heat, that I was say. <laughs> a dress <laughs> of any kind is risque. Anything's risque when it's a single layer. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're showing ankle, <laughs> I don't know what kind of lady you're trying to project <laughs> yourself to be. Now, where are you going with that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, to that uh, comment, Blanche tells her thank you. Uh, Rose then helps her with a check the clasp on the back of her necklace. And uh, asked, or she asked Rose uh, for the earrings that she'd borrowed right. so she could return them. And then Rose tells her that she thought she'd already returned those. Um, and Blanche immediately gets upset with her because, you know, she accused her of losing them. Like she's apparently lost uh, several other fairly important <laughs> items and expensive items in some cases. Uh, some examples she gives were tickets to a Hulu Iglesias concert, mm-hmm. uh, multiple sets of keys. And uh, even her car when they went to the airport. Right. Uh, Rose is confident that the earrings aren't gone and kind of heads off to try and find them. Blanche tells her, though, to hurry because, mm-hmm. you know, she needs to be uh, leaving and she has to be there by 6 mm-hmm. uh, for her date. And Rose, you know, says, oh, you got plenty of time until she quickly checks her watch and realizes maybe that's not the case. Right. Well, she, she tr- checks her wrist and realizes that she doesn't have her watch. Oh. Yeah, and that's like I part am, of the joke is that she's also yeah. lost her watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not catch that, actually, <laughs> until the very end. I know she doesn't have her watch. But oh. 
Makes a lot more sense though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't, I didn't catch on to that. For our listeners, you'll get more information on that later too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she didn't she didn't ever watch apparently. Right. But she does realize that you know she didn't know how much time is left. Uh, Blanche walks uh, or walks into the kitchen and sees Dorothy and uh, a, a tutor student that she's uh, met, kind of mentoring, uh, Mario, who uh, is working on his homework. Uh, they say their hellos, and Dorothy explains that they're currently working on algebra. Uh, she then starts kind of gushing about what a good writer Mario is and uh, reads a short excerpt from an essay he wrote, uh, which depicts a scene of him watching a movie theater uh, shortly after coming to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Hispanic gentleman mm-hmm. and is played by Mario Lopez <laughs> of uh, Saved by the Bell fame. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Saved by the Bell and many, many other things. Um, Is it Dancing with Stars? Or? I feel like Access Hollywood or something like that. Yeah, extra something extra, like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was one of those kind of Hollywood news type yeah, shows. Yeah. Um, He's done yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Lots, very so standard. And like you said, but of course, I think Saved by the Bell is his biggest um, yeah. claim to fame. Um, I thought it was interesting that, and I could be totally wrong, but I, when I hear the name Mario, <laughs> I don't think of that as a stereotypical uh, mm-hmm. Latino name. Yeah. Um, and it just made me wonder, like, at that time, maybe they just felt like he really looked like a Mario or maybe he was having a little trouble with whatever actual name. <laughs> They're like, gotcha. we'll just call him Mario. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it just made me wonder. I always think it's odd when they named the character their actual name. Yeah, yeah. Or just just fortuitous they hired a Mario for the, <laughs> right. for the role <laughs> well, of Mario. Mario yeah. also sounds more Italian to me. Yeah, that's what yeah. I would I know would that's say. probably me thinking of uh, Mario yeah. Brothers. But yeah. <laughs> well, I only know three Marios, um, and two are uh, Latina, Latino, and one's Italian. Okay, then maybe it is a really common so, you know, Latino name. Well, I think his full name in this is Mario Sanchez, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So I know... So I know Mario Mario, um, and then I know Mario Lopez, mm-hmm. and then I know Mario Caldato Jr., mm, okay. who is Brazilian. Wow. And then there's Mario Andretti. No, Portuguese. He's Portuguese. Well, oh, okay. Portuguese in Brazil. Like, there's... Or he's Chilean. Chilean. Whatever. Well, well they speak Portuguese Portugal. in... Yeah. Um, but they, they do speak Portuguese yeah, in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he's from Brazil. Okay, so he's Brazilian, but he speaks Portuguese. Yeah, as they do. Yeah, they do. Which is very similar to Spanish, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, um, like I said, I thought it was odd that they decided to keep him with his, you know, given name. But, like, apparently Mario is a very common name in, you know, Mm -hmm. Spanish-speaking. Maybe it was uh, part of his, uh, his, you know, contract. It's like, I will be named. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's trying to build his brand right there right, so that right. people know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm going to sound stupid, but what was his name in Saved by the Bell? Do you remember? Um, Slater. Yeah. Slater. AC yeah, yeah. Slater. Well, yeah. He's he's back in the new Saved by the Bell, too. Oh, is he? Yeah. I was never that into Saved by the Bell. Like yeah. our one of our good friends, James, he's a huge Saved by the Bell fan, or at least he was. <laughs> I know Sherry was to a certain extent. I don't know huge, but yeah. she liked it well enough that she went to see um, – Oh, who's Zach in that? Um, uh, Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah, she mm-hmm. went to see him at a boat show back, oh, nice. you know, in the day. A boat show. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like way back in the day, like he was like 1920, something like something that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, uh, like I said, though, I don't know if she was a huge fan of the show, but she was mm-hmm. at least a fan of his. But she yeah. said that he did not get himself gussied up for the event. Gotcha. Like it was a letdown to see him in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just never something that that grabbed me for whatever reason. Yeah, 
you, you've mentioned uh, Brent like several times, like a very special episode, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, you guys have you seen little uh, stuff online about a very special episode? Mm-hmm. Well, have you guys heard of the? Uh, um, oh, Zach Morris's trash. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what I was getting to. <laughs> yeah. And it talks about, like, for people who haven't seen it, I've only seen a handful of them, but they're all hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It talks about something really horrible that he did that really, in in today's day and age, he'd probably go to jail for. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're you're a rich white boy and you're roofying girls. (laughs) Still not forgivable, yeah. Exactly. You were were not a role model sitcom star. (laughs) Although, if we look at reality... I guess if yeah. you are rich and roofy girls, maybe you will get away with exactly, it. Exactly, yeah, because yeah, you're suffering from affluenza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we go back to the story. Rose uh, comes in after they talk about, uh, you know, his essay, and she offers to make Mar- She says hello and offers to make Mario a snack, uh, which was a herring salad sandwich with raisin bread. Now, you know, it sounds... Okay, raisin bread for a sandwich of that kind sounds gross, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the, Depending on how you made it, I mean, I would think herring salad would probably be similar-ish to tuna salad. I wondered that, too. So, I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be, I mean, probably be mixed with mayonnaise and whatever else, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You would mix in a typical, so I don't know, it probably wouldn't be that terrible. Although the idea of putting a mayonnaise-based sandwich on raisin bread does sound kind <laughs> yeah. of gross. Yeah. Well, you don't like sweet meats, so I assume you wouldn't like sweet breads, too, right? I do like sweet breads, but I wouldn't want them with meat. meat. Yeah, know, gotcha. So. Um, but yeah, I, I like sweet bread just fine. But yeah, I would never make a sandwich with like banana and nut bread <laughs> yeah, yeah, or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Well, Mario or you know, Rose is in the uh, fridge getting stuff, and uh, Mario kind of shoots a disgusted look over to uh, Dorothy and Blanche after hearing what the uh, snack choice was. And then he stands up and says, "Oh well, I, I'm going to miss my bus." Right. Again, mm-hmm. Rose makes the comment that you know he has plenty of time before checking her watch, which. I now understand she didn't have. Yeah, and uh, she's like, "Well, maybe he does need to head out." So, just, so did just you says, think it was odd that Rose was so time obsessed? This well, episode? It, I guess I wasn't just paying because I was watching my computer. I don't okay. know if you guys remember this, like because okay. uh, yeah. the ones I had recorded on the TV, yeah. you know, had big parts of the show missing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I've been watching on my laptop. Yeah. And uh, so it's a much smaller thing. So yeah. she just kind of glanced at her wrist. Yeah. I didn't really catch that she didn't have That's it. That's great because they did that joke like four times in this episode. Well, yeah. I thought she was just saying, oh, you got plenty of time. And then she looks at her watch and realizes they don't have oh, it okay. time. That's what I thought the gag was. <laughs> that he was late. He was late for a very important date. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, ah. Exactly. Well, you know, it's like, oh, we got plenty of time. You look at your yeah. watch and say, oh, yeah. never mind. Yeah, we right. don't. When you say on your laptop, do you mean like Hulu.com or YouTube? Uh, actually, it's a site called Daily Motion. Okay. Because <laughs> it's not, I mean, there are a few uh, uh-huh. Golden Girl episodes on YouTube, uh-huh. but they're usually skewed oddly. Hmm. And by that, I mean, like, probably, this is probably a, a way around uh, mm-hmm. uh, copyright laws yeah. and such. Yeah. They'll, like, zoom into one part of the uh, screen. Mm. <clears throat> so okay. you won't see the whole thing. Yeah. Or they'll change the voices. Gotcha. Or sometimes yeah. the voice won't match the the video mm-hmm. gotcha. and so i usually steer clear from youtube yeah but daily motion looks like it has 100 percent of the episodes that Oops. i've looked for on yeah. it so far uh, <laughs> but what it does is it's a kind of a clever loop around too <laughs> they have the, a small screen with a little border it mm-hmm. looks like a theater like you're in a theater uh-huh. <laughs> and okay. uh, i'll show you guys sometime we can probably find it on alan's laptop or uh-huh. something 
but uh, basically, it's it's the entire episode. <laughs> Audio matches perfectly. Nice. It's it's not sped up or weird or anything. So nice. interesting. Are there is there like comments? Like, do people comment on the episode? Um, like, like, no, not. No? I mean, it's it's not like the not traditional. Understood, but like, it's it's not like a, a YouTube comment thing. Okay. They, they've got other types of videos posted on there. Gotcha. Maybe okay. more like a Vimeo or something like that. Like, not something where people. I would say that's a lot closer to it. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I was almost hoping you'd say you're watching on like TikTok, like eight seconds at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be, tor- be torturous. It's like no wonder the reviews take a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have a, a harder to uh, negotiate, like oh, like jump pause and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. So sometimes, like if I want to get a specific line or something, mm-hmm. I have yeah. to pause it and then jump back 10 seconds every time gotcha and so like I, I need to go back three seconds but it jumps me back 10 i'm like mm-hmm. well i guess i'll listen to that thing again twice <laughs> yeah, exactly if i wasn't pirating my hulu for my sister's account then i would offer that up <laughs> to you but yeah, it works honestly because well, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm so. usually it's on my laptop yeah. anyway i got yeah. you know uh, two monitors so yeah. i have one monitor with my you know mm-hmm. notes and then yeah. the other monitor for the screen that's what i am if the episodes that I do the recap, that's the way I do it. Like I'll watch it once on the TV, and then the second time I watch it on one monitor, and then type on the other one, or whatever. So that's how it works for me. Works out. Yeah, it yeah. Does. we've all well. got our methods, right? Yeah. yeah. Now we do. Now <laughs> had a nice method last time. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty similar to what you said. Like I had it up on one screen, typing, mm-hmm. you know, and like pausing and type a sentence yeah. or whatever. So yeah, but. Well, uh, Mario declines the uh, the herring and raisin bread <laughs> snack. Right. Uh, he says his goodbyes and heads out. Uh, after she is sure that he's left, Dorothy kind of gets up and uh, tells the girl, <clears throat> the girls that she's thinking of submitting his essay that she thought was very well written into a district writing contest. Right. Uh, Blanche, as, as quickly as the other Goldens got excited about that, apparently this is a, a well-known district contest. Oh, yeah, apparently, yeah. Like, well, you know, all those big writing contests going on here around the, you know, Indianapolis and Greenwood areas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty big deal, Brent. Yeah. Well, I also got the impression that they obviously they all know Mario pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think they are more excited about him getting it some mm-hmm. initiative than necessarily the contest itself. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they definitely seem like, yeah, like you said, all three of them knew him and knew him well and were quite fond of the lad, even though we've never seen him before. Right. Yeah, and, and apparently, he I didn't don't know think Sophia. again either. Yeah. <laughs> Which this would actually, you know, we'll get more into the details later, but this would have been an excellent one for them to follow up with, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they had like a part two later on, or right. a season down the road or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Blanche agrees that it's a great idea. Uh, Dorothy then continues to tell them that, you know, he's such a great student. And how much he loves uh, learning. He just got the kind of glint in his eye. Mm-hmm. She says that uh, he has this look that uh, he loves learning and you know wanting to so- wanting to know know something new, uh, and that's probably the reason a lot of teachers kind of stick with teaching. Um, admitting though that there is a similar look, which mm-hmm. means I'm going to slash your tires, but that uh, an exp- experienced teacher can tell the difference. Right. <laughs> I'm glad she added that line in there. Because without it, it just makes her like full-on Mary Kay Letourneau. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blanche asks Dorothy if she can borrow uh, some earrings. And, of course, she agrees but asks, well, why don't you just wear the ones you normally wear with that outfit? And then she defers to Rose <laughs> to uh, explain that they were lost. Rose tells her, you know, she's looked everywhere for them. And she can't find them. But she did find 
the Julio Iglesias tickets. Yes. Adding, you know, boy, we had great seats. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was my favorite line of them. This, I, I just thought this had quite a few good lines, but that, mm-hmm. that was my favorite. Uh, Rose tells Blanche that, you know, she feels terrible about misplacing the earrings. But Blanche tells her, you know, don't worry about it. It's okay. Before kind of laying on a pretty heavy guilt trip. You know, they've been passed on from her uh, mommy and her mm-hmm. great-grandmommy and her or great-grandmama, sorry. Yeah. Uh, who'd actually made the earrings out of uh, by by hand from the Civil War bullets that killed Great Granddaddy? Well, at least you know the the earrings themselves are from the North. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that. Well, I, I would have to. <laughs> think well, it was friendly I think fire. Right. Oh well, yeah, I guess that's a possibility, but I don't know. I think it's a fair to assume that he was killed by a Probably. Union soldier. <laughs> uh, despite Blanche's heartfelt pros- protests, uh, Rose insists on you know writing this wrong suggesting that uh, she be her personal servant for the week using an odd Scandinavian term I'm going to test only one time here I think it was Wiedenfrugen sounds about right yeah Wiedenfrugen yeah she she harshly um, corrects Dorothy a couple times on her (laughs) mispronunciations of it you know sometimes it sounds like she's saying Flugen with the FL but if the actual spelling I found it online is F-I or V-I-E-D-E-N F R U G E N. Oh, okay. Frugen. Yeah, I would say that you're pronouncing it at least very phonetically from what the way it's spelled. <laughs> so, better than I could have. Uh, she explains though that uh, it's a family tradition that you know has been used to pay off uh, big debts like this. Right. Uh, dating back to uh, a story about her uncle Ben uh, losing a man Lars Olson's artificial leg uh, one weekend before or on the weekend of a big toboggan race. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately. Uh, Lars came in last. Yeah, yeah. I think she says like it's a day everyone remembers or something like that. And yeah, Dorothy makes a comment like I think everyone remembers where they were on the day that Lars <laughs> lost that race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I was wondering. This is one thing that like it really, it's a I don't know mild pet peeve of mine. <laughs> um, do either of you ever use the term toboggan to refer to a hat? Because no. there are definitely people who use it as like a winter cap, calling it a toboggan. Yeah, and it's just it's all it's like no, you ride a toboggan, you don't <laughs> wear one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was glad that they used it in the proper way in this one. Is there know. is there a term a toboggan cap? I mean, is it like yeah. a t- maybe traditional cap that you wear when you're on? When you're tobogganing? I don't think so. I mean, I think there are people who have bastardized the word toboggan to call it. A, maybe they, yeah. maybe they're, you know. Uh, conflating the two, I guess. Possibly, yeah. But yeah. I don't... They're like, I always wear this hat while I'm on the toboggan. Right, so, so it's my toboggan cap. Yeah, exactly. And then they just t- drop the cap and call it a toboggan mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. But it's not. So I know I wear a cap like that when it's cold out, you mm-hmm. know, and I want to keep my head warm and I don't want to get sick. If I'm on a toboggan, I wear like an old-timey leather helmet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the old-fashioned uh, football helmets? Exactly, like Natalie Portman in Garden State. <laughs> Why well, don't Ski wears a cap like that when he's participating in certain activities, and he calls it his toe cat. Um, his what? Toe cat. Toe, toe, toe. cat. Yeah, you yeah, heard that term? Toke hat? Yes, toke. T O K E? Yes. You've lost me Hat. too. I don't oh, know what the hell you're talking about. Neither of you have heard that term? No. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's, it's referring to. Toking like, like you do it like I'm doing drugs? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and I think it's it's kind of more typically like when the hat is worn in a way where it's like you just put the top over the top of your head and it kind of sticks up more. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's a, a term. 
that is also used for that type of a hat. Gotcha. Um, but you don't pull it down? No, I believe I believe when you're using it in that style, yeah, I don't think so. So you're like Adebisi in Oz? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part of the fashion of it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. So. I think, I think that would bother me tremendously to have just like some like loose <laughs> loose cap bopping. above your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, I think that would just bug me like yeah. like, like my pants were falling down or something kind of similar. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Like out of BC in Oz. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they lost the toboggan race oh. and Uncle Ben made amends by being Lars... Uh, personal servant and apparently it seemed to smooth things over uh blanche you know agrees to the proposition but says you know she's got to get going now and exits to find uh, dorothy's earrings uh, rose gets up to go help her look uh but before she leaves the kitchen dorothy stops her and asks you know whatever happened to that missing leg and rose tells her that they did find it in a subsequent festival later on and that uh apparently uncle ben had uh, used it to beat off the wolves <laughs> while setting up the bleachers. Yeah, I thought it was a funny way to phrase it. <laughs> because, I mean, I realize that she means, like, you know, fending them off, mm-hmm. which I think that would have probably been a better term for what she was going mm-hmm. for. But when it says that she did the beat off the wolves, it just yeah. sounds like he's, you know, bringing them all to completion. But it's, um, like, it's like, so was Ben like, hey, Lars, can I borrow your foot in case I need to beat off some wolves? <laughs> right, yeah. Or was he like, can I borrow your foot to help me assemble these bleachers? Yeah. Like, why did he have it in the first yeah, place? Yeah, it still doesn't explain. Well, yeah, he says he had it to, and he beat off, beat the wolves away with it. <laughs> but like, was <laughs> that the express it, purpose yeah. in which he... <laughs> yeah, but did he ask for an advance for that specific yeah. reason? Like, yeah. And if he did, why wouldn't that be something he would remember pretty... Clearly. Exactly, exactly. So, oh, yeah, didn't you borrow it to uh, yeah. like take if, care of them wolves? Exactly. Like if Lars just left it there and then he used it as a weapon because he was suddenly attacked by wolves. Maybe it got hidden under but, the bleachers yeah. and when they went to go use the bleachers again, that's when they found him. Oh, so yeah. maybe Ben and Lars were having a roll around under the bleachers and this leg came off and then <laughs> they were caught. <laughs> and so Lars scurried off. Yeah, maybe, they're like, why, is Lar- that, why is that leg down here? It's like, oh, I was beating off uh, some wolves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, so hey, just to follow up on what I just said, uh, a toe, not what I just said, but the toe cap. Yes. Apparently nothing to do with, uh, you know, illicit drug substance abuse or use um, but a toga is a small round close fitting hat brimless or with a small brim once worn by both both men and women and in the 12th and 13th centuries mm. women wore embroidered toques made of uh, velvet satin or taffet on top of their uh, head veils mm-hmm. and it, it's showing that it as this kind which is kind of your very typical yeah you know sometimes with a little ball on the top or okay, whatnot yeah. winter hat so so what material was the men's version made out of? I don't know. It doesn't mention on here. Um, I mean, I can look a little further into this article and, and oh, try to fine. let you know that later on if I uh, happen to come across it. Save that for the next episode of Fess Up. <laughs> <laughs> Fess Up is not what, what that segment is called, <laughs> if and when I ever. <laughs> so, but. Well, you know, <laughs> Rose tells her about the uh, beating off the wolves thing. Right. <laughs> Then she exits, and then uh, I think this is also a great line. Dorothy's like, you know, she tells herself, just as I expected or right. suspected. Uh, we change scenes, and we see uh, Rose, Sophia, and Blanche hanging out on the lanai, you know, kind of lounging in uh, chairs. 
Uh, Sophia makes a comment that she now understands why laying out in the sun is kind of warned against. Uh, Rose responds that, you know, they'd only been out for a little while. Again, looking for her watch. That's not there, yes. Uh, <laughs> and once and, again, you missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, because, I mean. It's... Were you uh, looking at her legs? Say what? Were you looking at her legs? Oh, yeah, foxy legs. They yeah. were. They were very nice. Did, <laughs> did you notice them? Well, yeah, I noticed them, but they seem to be. Um, her alpha gams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. They were, they were kind of spindly, in my opinion. <laughs> so, I mean. But they look like a younger woman's legs. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll grant that. But they, I don't know, they seem like a younger young boy's legs. <laughs> so. And she was definitely, I mean, she was, I don't know, an inch or so away from those shorts being Daisy Dukes. So <laughs> I was a little surprised. Well, she was wearing like short shorts, uh-huh. but like a long sleeve shirt too, right? right. Like a yeah, collar yeah. and all that. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I couldn't tell like, like maybe she was wearing pantyhose. Hmm. Or and maybe that's why. Like there was a there was a moment or two where there was like a sheen to her legs that didn't seem quite right. But I didn't know. But it, I don't know. The whole thing was odd. But I definitely noticed her legs. Yeah. And I was like, well, it was really Betty. unusual too. Yeah. Just exactly. Didn't yeah. see any of the legs. Um, exactly. She's not a hussy like Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she continues that uh, Sophia probably doesn't have to worry about you know wrinkles at her age. <laughs> Uh, but Sophia tells her, you know, wrinkles are not her concern, <laughs> that uh, her her butt is now stuck to the chair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Blanche stands up to help Sophia stand, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Rose stands up too, saying that, you know, she should do it, mm-hmm. and that that's what uh, personal servants are good for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche then says that she's not really sure she's comfortable, you know, with that kind of arrangement, and Rose explains that, you know, she just can't help, uh, oh, she can just help her with the small things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Small little things around the house, like laundry. Meanwhile, uh, Sophia is, uh, while they're kind of going back and forth with this, Sophia suggesting that Rose, you know, you know, help her as a personal servant. Right. <laughs> and uh, her laundry is much more fun and interesting. <laughs> you know, even pointing out that, you know, you ever seen panties from the 20s? <laughs> they got pockets. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite line of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I agree. That was mine as well. In the debate, though, they both kind of drop Sophia back in her chair. <laughs> Ultimately, not even helping her up. Right. Uh, butt still affixed to the... Yeah, they never did <laughs> lift her enough to get her butt you know, <laughs> right. unstuck. And uh, Rose keeps, at this point, actually laying a guilt trip onto Blanche, you know, that, you know, being a, being her servant is the best way to make up for, you know, losing those important earrings <laughs> and, you know, to assuage her own personal guilt. Right. And uh, even calling Blanche selfish if she doesn't let her help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so again, Blanche the myth and saying, oh, "Okay, all right, whatever." Uh, then Dorothy walks out onto the lanai and tells the girls that you know Mario's story apparently won first prize in the uh, writing contest. <laughs> the girls are delighted to hear this, and Dorothy suggests that tomorrow, when he comes over for his uh, tutoring session, they throw him a little bit of a surprise party to celebrate. Uh, then they agree that that's a great idea, and uh, Blanche reminisces that you know every year you know uh, when she was married to George. He would bring her to the country club and throw her a surprise party uh, with the guys that they were going to go there for a small, intimate little dinner with the two of them. Right. And then every year she would uh, act surprised, even though she knew it was coming. Uh, Dorothy then asks, you know, how could you fake it every year? <laughs> and Blanche comes back with, uh, you know, when we were first married, I'd fake it three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> and that George enjoyed that as well. Yes, he so. enjoyed both, she said. <laughs> right. 
it makes you wonder, like, why did she settle for George? Like, yeah, I know. She'd been an experienced woman <laughs> up until that point. Yeah, why you would she... think that that's a, I don't know. I mean, maybe she figured that she wanted the finer things in life that George could afford, you yeah. know, more than the, uh, you know, low rent stallions that she had been with. Um. <laughs> exactly. The horse thieves that right. she'd previously <laughs> yeah. laid with. Uh, it just seems like that's something that she enjoys. So yeah, she would I would have think it'd be a really him. highly important part of her, yeah. you know, settling down with somebody. Yeah. Like, I think she's referred to men as duds before mm-hmm. in the beds. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like George was a bit of a dud. Yeah. Uh, at least to start off, who knows? Yeah. Maybe she's going to, maybe she's up for quantity versus quality. Yeah, well, maybe she taught him the ways over time, figured that he, had, maybe he had the raw talent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so she knew that she, you know, could form him into the, you know woman-pleasing man that you desired. Exactly. The boat size was right. He just right. needed to learn how to ride the waves. Yeah. <laughs> Quick capsizing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> I like the idea that, like, in your mind, that's where we cross the line. <laughs> Nautical humor. I don't know about this. Exactly. <laughs> I keep wondering, what was, what's that uh, bindle pack? Yeah. No, what was it? it was oh, called? the... Um, Diddy bag? Diddy bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, every time we talk about nautical stuff, it makes me think of the ditty bag. <laughs> Going forward, why. you can think of George's dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, both of these you know, made her husband very happy when she would uh, you know act surprised and then also act pleased. Right. Uh, Rose then shares her only experience with a surprise party, which they had sh- uh, thrown for her grandma Nyland's <laughs> 100th birthday. Uh, she apparently was from the old country, uh, so they uh, had like the theme where they all dressed up as Vikings and uh, kind of hid in her small room over the barn, which... Yeah, I thought that was odd that the grandma, the 100-year-old grandmother, lived <laughs> over the top of the barn. Maybe, maybe she liked to live simply. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I think it's odd that, uh, you know... Her and Charlie shared a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> well, she you even know, says they wore helmets and had spears. Yeah. Yeah, they so, really went all out for this uh, this yeah. party. Well, and you figure, I mean, I, you kind of wonder, were those, uh, I don't know, maybe those are something you could buy at your local costume shop or toy store <laughs> back in the 50s, but yeah. it seems like it'd be kind of hard to come by all that. Uh, I think they'd just be family heirlooms. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Scandinavian community, they might have it at the, at the, the local Walgreens. Or yeah, something. maybe the Army Surplus <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they hid in her small little room, and then when she entered and, and lit a candle, yeah, which is even more <laughs> right. You know, old timey. They all yelled surprise, and uh, then of course she drops dead right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose thought it was a very sweet way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, in all honesty, a, a, a very quick death surround i mean yeah granted i mean you don't necessarily want to die afraid but you know it is nice the idea of like oh, all these people this person hit 100 years old still had this many people in their lives that cared about them so yeah. obviously it, they lived a decent life yeah um yeah and, and honestly i think most people would definitely prefer to go quick and relatively painlessly yeah so not not too bad of a way to, to go all things considered and you made it to 100 which is a pretty good feat mm-hmm. especially back then hell Hundred yeah. back in the fifties or sixties, whenever that would have been, is you know, be like hundred and twenty today. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like theoretically, you could have fought in the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's a scary proposition? Not scary, but kind of almost sad. As if 
if they were throwing the party two days before her birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and she drops dead before she gets to hit that you know milestone. Um, we there's like that goes like we recently in our timeline lost Sean Connery and Alex Trebek. Yeah, and they both had decent deaths and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Like. Like Sean just passed in his sleep mm-hmm. one night, and then Alex got in, spent his final day the way he wanted to, and then died in his sleep. Yeah, well, yeah, it's uh, definitely two losses. I don't know. Sean Connery certainly a loss as far as his uh, acting abilities, but I don't know if he had been an active um, doing anything actively for a while, and, and I don't think he was a good dude at all. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, mean, I know that he had talked about you know how sometimes you got to smack women around and things like that. So I don't think not tracking with. What so you hadn't heard like yeah Sean Connery at like a different interview had <laughs> and not in a joking fashion I understand all that I'm just saying oh how, <laughs> why does that preclude him from being a good dude <laughs> yeah I'm kidding of course you're breaking his inspiration Alex <laughs> yeah well I know that Brent has uh, had to give disclaimers to his jokes on a pretty regular basis it are you disparaging you 007 and his standards <laughs> i'm not disparaging the character the of james on? bond <laughs> but, <laughs> but. did he ever <laughs> smack a girl in one of his 007 roles oh a couple times <laughs> i i i've seen a few of uh, the older uh, james bonds but i don't know that i would actually be able to recall specific yeah. scenes yeah um, the so I was able to see Goldfinger. It was one of the last movies I saw on the big screen before things went crazy. Um, but in Gold, <laughs> like yeah, back in the '60s, right before things went crazy, I saw Goldfinger. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I know you mean at the art craft, probably. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a part of that where you know he, he, him and him, his lady. You know, she's in a bikini, and you know another gentleman shows up, Felix shows up so of course he smacks her on the butt and tells her it's time for man talk <laughs> and, and she quickly leaves yeah. <laughs> so so i i could see where i don't know you could make the argument that that's problematic well <laughs> yeah, <her argument. laughs> well, i'm glad to see you're so fucking woke <laughs> yeah, you're really jumping into the 21st century exactly uh, for the sake of the bit yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, w- I would definitely say from everything I know about Brent, he does not endorse violence against women or or anybody for that matter. Um, yeah, a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Sophia, and that makes... I do both poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so, wouldn't you say you're not a lover nor a fighter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, you can still be a lover and just not be good at it. Well, that's true. But it's like you'd be a fighter and be very <laughs> like I'm like oh and twenty five guys. Yeah, it's like I'm I always just keep getting in the ring. Yeah, I'm always up for a fight, but I always get my ass kicked. <laughs> so it's <laughs> problematic. <laughs> Doctor says next one on my punch card is free. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were talking about the uh, the hundred year old surprise party. Right. And uh, Sophia makes Dorothy promise that if she does live to be 100, they can get their own place because Rose and Blanche are driving her crazy. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy gets up and uh, starts preparing for the party, or says she's going to start preparing for the party, but Blanche gets up and tells her, no, 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 I would love to help you plan the party, you know, since you've got so many, so many other things on your plate. 
She doesn't specify what any of those are, but I guess she's got to, if she's doing tutoring, maybe she has to prepare the lesson or something. Yeah, and maybe has regular teaching as well in Mm -hmm. addition to the tutoring. Right, right. Uh, Maybe she's got to do her laundry because she doesn't have a Wiedenfrugen. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Dorothy tells her that, you know, it's not necessary, but Blanche then insists, and Dorothy graciously accepts the offer (laughs) and then exits. Uh, Then Blanche turns to Rose and tells her, Plan the party. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we uh, change scenes. Uh, we see Blanche reading on the couch with a uh, big congratulations banner uh, strung up in the living room behind her. All right. <laughs> uh, Rose enters kind of in a hurriedly manner, and Blanche tells her she can't believe that she forgot to buy Mario's favorite, peanut butter vanilla ice cream, <laughs> yeah, which I've never heard of. Peanut butter ice cream, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I would think, it's yeah. like once you've added the peanut butter, it's no longer vanilla ice cream. It's peanut I butter maybe ice it was cream. Swirl. I, I mean, I guess it, it could be like just lightly flavored peanut butter. Yeah, I don't support that at all. I mean, <laughs> unless it's like vanilla ice cream with like actual peanut butter, you know, Chums like or that, something. Yeah. Maybe. So it's not a flavoring. It's it's marbled with the peanut butter. Yeah, like that makes sense. That would sound all right, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, I, it sounds good to me either way. I would enjoy peanut butter and I enjoy vanilla. So yeah, however you mix it together, I guess is fine. Yeah. But uh, Rose tells her that uh, she thought it was chocolate, which she had actually bought earlier that morning. Then Blanche kind of feigns shock and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Then peanut butter vanilla must be, uh, well, that's my favorite. Yeah, which if if Rose has already agreed to essentially, you know, be her servant for the week, why would you need to make up the story? Why don't you just say, hey, can you go back to the store, you know, mm-hmm. servant, and get yeah. me this flavor of ice cream that I love? Yeah. Um, and yeah, she might be like, oh, well, that sucks for me. I have to run back out of the store. Yeah. But you do what you got to do, right? If you yeah. made that commitment, so. Well, so then she asks Rose to just go ahead and put it in the freezer uh, for her. Uh, when Rose heads off to the kitchen uh, with the ice cream, Blanche makes uh, possibly the most disturbing comment in maybe the series. Yeah, I, w- I would point. say so too. It's definitely probably I, I want to say definitely, but more than likely the <laughs> most problematic um, <laughs> yeah. line in the entire series, yeah, in, in a re- season and a half. In regards to personal servants, she says. What a lovely idea. If we'd had them in the old days, we wouldn't have had to fight that disruptive civil war. Yeah. Like, yeah, the fact that it's a disruptive is the way it's described. Um, <laughs> I heard that. I was just like, ouch. So, I mean, essentially she's saying that, like, well, if slaves volunteered to be slaves, then yeah. we wouldn't have had to fight mm-hmm. this. Or I guess other people could have been slaves if they yeah. were just volunteering. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess well, in that it, case you wouldn't be a slave if you're doing it voluntarily. Well, then I think it just comes back to spin. It's like, you're not a slave, you're an indentured servant. Because we paid for you to come over to this great land. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's definitely one of the most problematic, if not the most, of the (laughs) series so far. I will say, um, we've not really gotten there yet, but I do like the fact that, like, I don't think they ever refer to Mario as illegal. It's always undocumented. Yeah. And I don't think I remember hearing that ever back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely uh, probably not not the common way that you mm-hmm. would refer to somebody. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy, though, comes in and uh, asks Blanche if she's seen the paper recently. Uh, Blanche quickly instructs Rose to go fetch it. And uh, Dorothy comments that, you know, she seems uh, to have become much more comfortable, you know, with assigning Rose tasks. Right. Than she uh, had seen the day before. Uh, Blanche tells her that you know she's still upset, you know, in her heart, but knows that this is very helpful to Rose's psyche, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, though you know, she's tried to ensure that she doesn't really give her any demeaning tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rose then returns with the paper and asks Blanche if she should read it to her 
while massaging her feet like she did uh, early morning. Right. Uh, Dorothy kind of shoots Blanche a disappointed look for abusing the situation. Uh, Dorothy opens up the paper telling them that, you know, there's an article about uh, Mario's essay and then sees that there's a picture of her. Uh, she sheepishly t- says she looks terrible to the girls, but Blanche protests, saying that she always makes that claim, saying she looks bad in pictures. So she steals the uh, paper away from her. Uh, then she and Rose take a look, and uh, their faces kind of drop, and Blanche admits that it isn't a very flattering picture, saying, now that's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also thought was a rough uh, Blanche phrase. Uh, Rose, you know, then hears a noise from the kitchen, so the girls kind of line up, uh, waiting for the door to open. Then Sophia comes in, and they all yell surprise, scaring her, of course. Uh, Sophia quips back, though, that louder next time, my heart's still beating. Right. And Dorothy explains that they were, you know, actually expecting Mario to be arriving. And she responds that they're going to have to scream louder than that if they're going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just then, unfortunately, he does enter right behind her. Uh, the girls disappointedly tell, disappointedly tell him that uh, the surprise was ruined, but he tells them that he'll give them a, a, a do-over and returns to the kitchen and saying he's coming back through saying, here I come, not suspecting anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he comes back through the door, though, they all again yell surprise, and uh, he tells them it looks great, but he is confused because it's not his birthday or anything. Uh, as they all take a seat, Dorothy explains that the party is actually to celebrate the winning of his uh, writing contest and that they are all very proud of him. Uh, just then the doorbell rings and Dorothy gets up to answer. A uh, man named Bert Nesbitt introduces himself and says that he's you know, looking for Mario Sanchez on behalf of the Immigration and Naturalization Service. Uh, the school told him that uh, he may be at the house, you know, obviously for the tutoring session, and uh, that he's investigating the possibility that Mario is in the country illegally. Yeah. Uh, Mario and all the girls stand with kind of a look of disbelief, but Bert then tells Mario that he'll have to come with him. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like Mario would be like the classic example of a dreamer. I mean, the kid has no mm-hmm. accent at all. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to assume that he's lived essentially his entire life or, you know, the vast majority of his life here in the United States. Um, and it makes you wonder... Because, you know, Dorothy, of course, as it goes on, blames herself for them tracking him down. But, I mean, he was registered at a school. And so, what, did someone just see the paper and they were like, oh, look at this dark-skinned child. (laughs) He's probably illegal. I better look into his status. Um, Because, yeah, I don't know, like, I I would not think that 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 picture in the paper would be what ultimately led, you know, their version of ICE to (laughs) track him down and, you know, try to deport him. Yeah, it's an 80s version of Elian Gonzalez. Could be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except finding him on a raft. He was in the arms of Fess Parker. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we won't have any writing uh, skills in this country. <laughs> right. Be gone with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we change scene again, and uh, this time it's in the evening, and the girls are in the kitchen uh, at the table discussing uh, the upsetting possibility that Mario may be deported. <laughs> Rose insists that, you know, it's still just a possibility and the outcome they uh, they need to have faith in the justice system. However, Dorothy tells her that, you know, she feels horribly guilty after having been uh, partly responsible for how things have turned out. Blanche jumps in with a story about how she was once involved in a court proceeding as the uh, star witness of a horse theft on her uh, granddaddy's plantation 
when she was still just a little girl. Rose suggests that she must have been terrified, and Blanche agrees that she was. She only had two dresses, and she didn't know what to wear. Yeah. Yeah, she. I mean, you, you can go in further, but my favorite line of the episode's coming up because her two dresses were one for a cotillion and one for a hanging. Um, and that I, my favorite line of the episode is Dorothy says, "My folks were poor. I just had one of those, you know, reversible hanging cotillion dresses." Right. <laughs> well, and of course, the uh, difference for whoever uh, hadn't seen the show, she explains that the uh, the bright dress was suitable for weddings or cotillions. Right. <laughs> And the dark ones uh, was better for a funeral or a hanging. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Dorothy comics that sarcastic. Right. Quit back about her dress being reversible. Blanche then tells him that, you know, she chose the bright one to wear to the trial. And her testimony helped with the justice winning the day. <laughs> Dorothy is kind of stymied as to how this story applies to her current situation. Blanche then explains, and this is another good line, that like any good story... Mine was deliberately ambiguous, thus affording the listener the opportunity to glean from it whatever he may. Yeah, that was a great line, too. It's sort of like Sophia's difference between an anecdote and a... Yeah. <laughs> Take from it what you need. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I did like that then Blanche follows it up by admitting that she just wasn't feeling part of the yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dorothy, yeah, Dorothy and Rose both show each other a confused look as they what the hell. <laughs> And you know, Blanche just admits that she hates it when she's not the center of attention, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phone then rings, and Dorothy answers. Uh, it was Mario's uncle looking for him as he apparently run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy has an idea of where he might be, and so she goes to get dressed and look for him. The girls then follow behind her. I was surprised that she didn't bother to say to the uncle, hey, I think I know where he is. Right. I'm going to go check it out, or you know, he, he may have already been out looking for him. Yeah, well, maybe she just felt like it was better... If she was the one who, you know, went and talked to Mario and didn't Maybe. want, you know, to send somebody else. They do seem to have a pretty good rapport. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, then we uh, change scenes again. We see Dorothy, Blanche, and Rose arriving at a darkened movie theater uh, with a violent action movie playing. Uh, Dorothy thinks she sees Mario near the front and tells the girls, you know, she's going to talk to him and for, the, for them to kind of hang out in the back. Neither of them like uh, violent movies, and you got a few lines here and there that you hear from the uh, movie. Like, I think one was pull his throat out or something, or right. rip his throat out. Uh, Dorothy takes the seat next to Mario and starts asking him some questions, knowing for a fact that he'd already seen that particular movie six times. She asks if his uh, running away means that he plans to avoid you know, seeing the immigration judge. He kind of nods yes. Uh, she says that, you know, she can't make him change his mind or even give him to put an R in February. Yeah. Uh, but would like to talk like to talk to him about it. And Mario is convinced that uh, the judge will be sending him back. But Dorothy says, you know, that's not definitely the case. Then she cites an act uh, that the actor from a movie they're watching, Arnold Schwarzenegger, was also an immigrant that successfully became an American citizen. Uh, Dorothy also quotes a hopeful line from Mario's story about how, you know, Showing him that anything is possible. And, you know, she even talks about uh, how people in America are friends, which is something from his story. Uh, Mario says that it was only a story, but she insists that it was a true story. Uh, he asks, you know, if she'd be willing to go with him to see the judge. And she kind of jokingly bargains with him that, you know, if he'll start putting an R in February, <laughs> she'll go with him. Well, it was funny. I mean, not funny, I guess, but ironic at least that, you know, his story about 
being surrounded by friends. Um, you know, and like that's what America meant to him. And it's like, yeah, well, except for the fucker who turned him into ice because they saw him <laughs> in the newspaper. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, not all friendly. <laughs> but uh, she does convince him to go ahead, go ahead and leave. Uh, they get up and start heading to the back. Uh, Rose gets up, uh, but Blanche wants to stay and keep staring at Arnold. Uh, and then he moves down to get a closer look in a uh, closer row. Now, based on the comments, it sounded like they'd be talking about a Conan movie. Cause yeah, she says he's like oiled up and in a loincloth. Right. But, I mean, the last Conan movie was in 85. There was, that was Red Sonja, and he was in that. Um, and then, you know, there was the other two were in 82 and 84. Now, she did say the kid had seen it like six times, so maybe yeah. it was like, maybe that was like a discount type theater yeah. that you could see older run movies. But in 87, what was out was Predator and The Running Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, and he was certainly oiled up in, in Predator, um, <laughs> but he was wearing more than a loincloth. Yeah. So. But it's, I mean, we kept hearing bullets and stuff going off. Yeah. So, and yeah, Conan I'm not sh- and Red Sonja were both bullet free. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you'd have to assume that the closest one would probably be Predator, mm-hmm. unless there was a movie in 86 called Raw Deal. I don't know anything about it, but. Um, was there any of them that had the line rip his throat out? Oh, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't look that far into it. but Nor mm-hmm. did I. Rod Deal was a good one. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Was he oiled up and in a loincloth by any chance? It, not the loincloth, but his hair was oiled up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, I remember in that one he had, um, like, his hair was all, like, slicked back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wore, like, a wife beater. Oh, Like okay. a ribbed white t-shirt. It's crazy, looking back at the movies that he was in back then, that... I mean, he really was legitimately like the biggest star in Hollywood mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it was like, oh, yeah, like hit you after said, hit. You said Predator and Running Man came out the same year. Well, yeah, and then yeah, Terminator is in right in that time frame as well. Yeah. And then you have like the comedies like Kindergarten Cop and uh, Twins. Twins. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he was just uh, you know blowing up during that time frame. Because yeah. it was like, because I think Terminator was like '84, and then Terminator Two was like. 91 or whatever hmm. and just in those seven years he went you know so big that he's like well obviously he has to be the good guy this time around right yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't be the villain anymore if you're exactly. that big of a star exactly <clears throat> he um he was not the original choice for the terminator who was oj simpson was he really yes <laughs> there's but, an irony isn't exactly <laughs> they did studios did not buy him as a killer so they went with arnold <laughs> interesting so hollywood doesn't know nothing <laughs> yeah apparently not so, but hey we don't know what uh, arnold has gotten away with during his life so. that's true but that's true uh, we change scenes again we see uh dorothy entering the living room and blanche asks you know when mario is supposed to arrive uh, she tells her or tells him or she says that he'll be coming over as soon as the judge has made his ruling. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explains that, you know, she spoke for over 20 minutes on Mario's behalf as to why he should be allowed to stay. Uh, Rosen comes in and tells Blanche that, you know, lunch is ready. And that and Blanche asks Dorothy if she wants to join her uh, and kind of clear her head for a bit. Right. Uh, she agrees. And then Rose apparently will be joining them uh, as soon as she's finished rotating Blanche's tires. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, the hits keep on coming. Uh, then the doorbell rings and Anne Rose is in the front, so she goes ahead and answers it. Now that was just before you go a step further on that. They're waiting on Mario to show up. <laughs> the doorbell rings, 
And they walk out after that. Yeah, yeah. there's like, wouldn't you wait? Like you, like they're <laughs> maybe it's him. Yeah, highly anticipating Mario mm-hmm. showing up. It does seem like they would wait a second, yeah. you know, to see who it was at the door. And I was like, oh well, we'll find out in a few minutes, <laughs> uh, one way or I the other. I thought that was odd too. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you had to have that in order for the next scene to you know, work, work correctly. Out. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been better timing wise if they'd walked in to the kitchen first, yeah. and then the doorbell rings, right? While she's walking up to it or something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. We're not writers, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Rose answers the door. It's a man named Sam Burns, mm-hmm. uh, who is returning Blanche's missing earrings and watch, mm-hmm. which is what confused me at the end. I was like, <laughs> 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 now you understand my confusion. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> Those jokes make a lot more sense <laughs> now. They do, yeah. Uh, which he had apparently found between the cushions of his love seat. Uh, Rose thanks him and tells him that she'll make sure that she gets him to Blanche. Uh, she calls Blanche into the living room and tells her about uh, the uh, fact that these are being uh, turned and uh, that she should apologize. You know, oh, sorry about that. Blanche misunderstands and tells Rose that she doesn't need to apologize because everyone sleeps with Sam. Right. But uh, this just kind of gets Rose in a tissy. And she says, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she says, sit down and shut up and listen. And she tells her, you know, that she wants to set her straight, saying that yeah, not only did she not sleep with Sam, but she also didn't lose the earrings, and then uh, Blanche Blanche did, and she cites all the things that she'd been doing the last week, and that you know uh, that all those things are now coming to an end. You know she didn't lose the earrings, and uh, she's been working for her all week, and Dorothy enters, you know, and then she storms away basically, right. saying you know this is all done, you can just shove it or something. Mm-hmm. Dorothy enters after hearing the yelling, saying you know what's going on. And then Blanche tells her that she'll explain a little bit later and that she has to go uh, behind Rose and pour on the Southern Charm. Right. And if that doesn't work, maybe she'll have to eat some Yankee Crow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. Uh, the doorbell then rings again, and this time Dorothy bothers her sticking around. Uh, Dorothy answers it, and it's Mario with a very dejected look on his face. Uh, he tells her that, you know, he's being deported tomorrow. <laughs> and that uh, Dorothy explains that, you know, there are many legal ways to get him back into the country. That if he is having to leave, uh, she'll start pursuing those things on her own. Yeah. Uh, they kind of exchange goodbyes. It was a very short scene, I thought. Yeah. But for for such a like a so with such a gravity. Right. They yeah. They kind of make it a very brief uh, scene. Um, they kind of give some sad goodbyes. Dorothy tells him that you know he won't even have time to miss her because he'll be back home in the USA before he knows it. Uh, he asks her to say bye to Rose and Blanche for him, <laughs> and she walks into the door, but uh, calls him back for one big hug before he leaves. It, <clears throat> it's one of those things that, like, his hours left in America are severely numbered. Right. And yet he spends them riding the bus across town <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to have a four-minute goodbye, if that. Right. You know, and then ride the bus back. <laughs> yeah. I hope his uncle would at least be taking him over or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Unless his uncle is also on the lamb of sorts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We don't know what his... Well, I mean, he's not on the lam. <laughs> well, like, so. we don't know if he's illegal as well. Well, sure. Undocumented. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, she closed the door behind him with her hung, her head hung low. Uh, then we joined Blanche and Rose back in the kitchen with Blanche, of course, trying to reason with, uh, with her telling her how she was actually helping Rose by treating her like a dog the last few days. Yeah. But Rose is not buying it. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy enters and delivers uh, the horrible news about Mario having to be, you know, sent out of the country. And they all kind of pile on her with a big family hug. 
Rose insists that you know she should go lay down, and they'll you know, bring the TV into her with a variety of snacks, and that really she should go. It's no bother. Dorothy uh, thanks her very much, and then she exits, and then Rose turns over to Blanche and says, "You heard her, Blanche. Get cracking." Yeah, yeah, that was a good end. And then I liked Blanche's reaction too. She kind of looks a little surprised and gives a little shrug, like, "Well, yeah, I guess I had that coming." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Shit-eating grin. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was odd that if I had just gotten really upsetting news, going and laying down in my bed and eating mm-hmm. a bunch of crap and watching TV, I don't. I just don't think that's the way. I feel mm-hmm. like you'd want to sit and talk it out with yeah. your people, not yeah. just like, oh, you need to lay down and sleep this off. Um, exactly. You forget all about this right. instantly. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, and, and you know, this is the one and only appearance appearance for uh, Mario Lopez on this. So yeah. apparently, Dorothy's efforts to get him back into back into the country didn't work out yeah so i thought it'd be a good follow-up <coughs> if they'd uh if they'd bothered to maybe thought ahead on this one right they could be they could have even done it within the same uh season really yeah this is, this is only episode 21 so i think this one has 26 episodes in, in season two yeah something like that so i mean that could have easily been worked in the next <clears throat> handful mm. and they would have uh, brought a uh, a sense of closure to it mm. I think if they really wanted to bring a sense of closure to it, when they did the Golden Palace, they could have had Cheech Marin as the oh, uncle. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, four uh, four guest stars. Obviously, we've already spoke about Mario Lopez um, of Saved by the Bell fame uh, and others. Uh, there was John Braden. He played Sam Burns in that. 24 titles for him, but uh, nothing of real note. Um, Chip Olcott was a Bert Nesbitt, which I believe was the uncle, um, or no, not the uncle, the uh, uh, the ice guy. Yeah, the ice agent. Yeah, INS. Yeah, five five ta- five titles for him. Again, nothing of note. And then Danny Goldman was the man in theater, which apparently he's one of those career guest actors. Mm-hmm. Has 106 titles to his name, but really nothing. Yeah, all basically, you know, mm-hmm. guest shots. Uh, but apparently he was prolific at doing it. Yeah, he we, was like when uh, Rosen. Plants were sitting in the back. They kept talking. He was like, shush, Yeah, shush. exactly. Yeah, the big uh, Mark Barron mustache, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd actually just seen him, um, me and um, my 12-year-old daughter and wife. We watched Young Frankenstein um, last month. Oh, really? And he was in there. So. I'm not – I just want to say – I just want to go out and say, you know, I'm not on board with Brent having a 12-year-old wife. But, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I said my 12-year-old and my wife. You said your 12-year-old daughter and wife. Uh, the and implies it's too good. <laughs> well, that makes it wasn't worse, daughter it hyphen wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess if you said my 12-year-old daughter wife. <laughs> well, then that's a, even compounds. Yeah. Said, but anyways, uh, so Ski, uh, did you have, uh, I think... You mentioned your favorite line, but I can't recall which set it was. Yeah, I, as much as I like the uh, one about, uh, uh, I've lost, I'm like airheaded today. <laughs> paint fumes. Yeah, apparently Must so. Be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's uh, but I love painting. I loved the, the one in the beginning where she said, boy, we had great seats. Yeah. About the Julio Iglesias concert. Right. And was there one for you, Brent, that uh, particularly stood out? Um, I can't really can't really think of anything off the top of my head um it was yeah yeah like i said mine was a close competition between the dorothy referring to her reversible cotillion hanging dress and blanche you know talking about uh 
the merits of her story. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the one that I was yeah. trying to think of. Yes. So who is your MVP on this one, Ski? Um, actually, Rose. I picked her because, you know, despite being primarily on the B side of the story here, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, she initially was trying to do the noble thing where she was trying to right or wrong. Yeah. But then mm-hmm. even, you know, after she figured out she was uh, not in the wrong, she kind of demanded respect from Blanche who'd been taking advantage of her. Yeah. yeah. That's a good good rationale. What about you, You don't Brian? usually see her stand up for herself like that. Yeah. Um, for this one, um, I went with John Braden, who played Sam Burns. <laughs> Um, I really liked like, You like the fact that he gets all the ladies? Well, yeah, but not if Like, he comes in and You know, he's like, oh, yeah, for Blanche And she's like, I'll get her And he's like, no, that's okay um, <laughs> That's true You know, and he like gives her, you know the, the goods and everything But then like when he leaves He he says something He's like, I'll see you later And he gives her some finger guns <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. And then when we found out, like, oh, everybody sleeps with Sam. And I was like, well, no wonder he's giving people finger guns. That man has some confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think if you ever become a single man again, you're going to try to work the finger guns into your repertoire just to it's exude finger, that confidence? It's called finger banging. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Right. Finger bang. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in this one, I went in and gave my MVP to, to Rose. Um, I don't know. It, it was another one that I didn't feel like there was a, a great standout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like overall, out of like Sophia was barely part of the episode. Mm-hmm. And Blanche was a little bit um, mm-hmm. terrible with her abuse of Rose. Uh, you know. Yeah, Sophia was there several times in the game, but then she was just gone yeah. for the remainder of the episode. Mm-hmm. And, and had Mario Lopez been in more of the episode, he could have been a contender as well. But um, yeah, and was, Dorothy just didn't have. I mean, she had one funny, and it was my favorite line. But <laughs> it was, I think, literally like her only funny line in the episode. So mm-hmm. it was more of a, a, you know, matter of attrition that Rose mm-hmm. ends up getting the MVP yeah. for me. But uh, how many slices of cheesecake on this one for you, Ski? I actually gave it seven. So, wow, you love this one. <laughs> I, I did. Just because you love seeing people get deported? Is that what? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I, what I respected was the fact that they didn't feel like they had to end it on a happy note. That was a surprise ending. I was very like, shocked by it. That's I, probably I did why not I expect it. that at all. It kind of makes you wonder, like, was... I thought it made more relatable. I mean, the immigration life. is kind of always a hot topic yeah. in certain circles. Um, yeah. I know, you know, it was has been talked about plenty of the last several years. I think it's always been something that's been talked about. I kind of wonder if there's something specific going on in the world at that time that, you know, uh, I thought it was a brave way them. to do it. Yeah. It was surprising anyway. See, I thought it was a little heart wrenching, but yeah, I guess I thought that the reason why they deported him was because they didn't want to have to explain why they never saw him again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the one time the writers were like, we need some consistency in this show. Yeah, they're like, listen, this Mario Lopez, he's got the goods. He's not going to be around for a guest starring mm-hmm. role in exactly. the future too much. So we better just send him out so that we don't have to cross <laughs> exactly. that bridge again. Um, well, so they I, definitely paint uh, Dorothy as the loser, though, in that uh, she was really trying to bring him back. 
She clearly didn't. Oh yeah, not and you know, no whiff of it as far as we were led to believe. No, no mention of it again. I bet either. <laughs> right, probably. Not. I, that'd be really odd if we come up on an episode. <laughs> she's like, "Can I even remember Mario?" <laughs> yeah, I really tried to get him back in. My petitions all fell on deaf ears. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I should have learned my lesson when I couldn't get Coco brought back to the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, over uh, two. Let's hope that Mario exactly. doesn't uh, befall the same fate of being, you know, eaten by vultures in the desert <laughs> <laughs> so brent how many slices did this one get for you um three hmm. you know one for each of the marios i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i Fair guess like, i i call it like a four and a half i thought it was a little above average the drama part was good but the comedy part just didn't mm-hmm. rise to the occasion to get yeah. it um higher than that for me so mm-hmm. Yeah, solid episode, good enough, uh, but uh, I don't think it's going to end up being a contender at the end. Oh, Apparently yeah. it is in Ski's heart, almost almost up there with the pilot episode for him. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, also another solid winner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Happy New Year. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.